I'ma get it, you know I be on the way. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Pride or Die. I'm here with my good friend and co-host Nick Bradley of the Detroiter. I am David Pike from Detroit Lions Forum, bringing you exclusive content from Detroit Sports Nation. How does it feel, Nick, to be back for another week of content building? Feels fantastic. I'm happy to be here once more. Um, I love Detroit Lions football. Like I always say, it's starting to get more and more real that we're going to play some football here soon. We're going to get back to that point of, I believe I can fly with the Detroit Lions, <laughs> and I'm excited. I love watching the game football. So, like, any game, any team, happy to do it again shortly. Absolutely. I mean, we've only got a little bit more to go until we're actually going to have some training camp reports. We've only got about another week and a half, two weeks, until a hard knocks officially airs. So, we don't have much longer to wait. So, we're just about there. We're right there on the cusp. But until then, let's talk about some, not necessarily some news topics. We'll talk about some opinionated stuff that is related to the Lions. We'll talk about some other stuff. But first topic I'm going to talk with you about is jerseys. Obviously, jerseys, uniforms, helmets. The NFL is becoming a little bit more fashion sense oriented. You've got teams that are changing their helmet colors, their helmet designs, their jersey colors and designs. Lions haven't really done a whole lot of that. They they did their like last major uniform change about a couple of years ago. So they're due for another one here relatively shortly. But until then, I just have to ask you the question. If you could have one jersey or one kind of design you could bring back from the uh, Lions long list of uh, jerseys, which one would you bring back? That's the toughest question ever, I think. Um, the obvious answer, I think, is those blacks. What was it? Maybe 2008, the late 2000s, those black jerseys. I think yeah. that is the biggest fan favorite. And I mean, I love those jerseys as well. But I, the Barry Sanders era throwback, they were still like the traditional colors, right? Blue and silver, but they were that deeper blue. The face masks were blue. It was the old logo. The pants were silver. Something about those. I, every time I see him, I'm just like, whoo, there's a little shiver that goes down my spot. I don't know if it's because it's Barry Sanders. I don't know if it's because that was a more successful time in their lives. I don't know if it's just art. I don't know what it is. But every time I see those, I, I feel it. I feel it deep down. What's yours? What do you think you would bring back? I mean, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much in the same boat with you. I mean, I would love it. Love it to death if the Lions would actually bring back those 1990s really early 2000s Detroit Lions colors with the current logo because I love that that I love that blue face mask I loved the the blue that was with the 90s like that was a really really good design in uniform for the Lions it was simple it was fresh it was right what it needed to be as and I loved that color I loved that design and I think to answer your question Yes, part of it has to do with the fact that it was Barry Sanders and that was the uniform he played in. But I think more so to your question, that was when the Lions were last truly successful. We had multiple years. We went to the playoffs. That was the last time we won our own playoff game in the Pontiac Silverdome, which is long gone. So for me, that is one uniform, but I would be the opposite of you. I mean, I would love to bring those uniforms back, but I love the black uniforms. Like, I'm sorry. Black uniforms in the NFL, it's just a match made in heaven. I mean, it's its a black and blue game. You're going to get bruised. You're going to get hit. You're going to hurt. And, like, come on now. 
black is always sexy to wear. Like you just love to wear black. It's got a it's got a tough grittiness to it, and it goes with naturally everything. Black is a color you can use for any uniform, and it looks great with lion flares. Black with the dark blue, the silver, like dude, it just looks awesome. It looks sexy, and I'm so sad that we literally only got those uniforms for like maybe two, three seasons at best. Those were really, really good looking. The problem was is. To the opposite of those 90s uniforms, when the Lions had a lot of success, those uniforms were at the decade of despair. So a lot of Lions fans look at those black uniforms, and they're just like, ooh, we don't want to remember that decade. It's a shame, because those are great jerseys, and they are associated with the darkest of the dark times. I I think, yeah, like you said, black jerseys anytime, they'll play. Especially when, I don't know, they'd never been done before that, right? So Not I, as far as I know, Detroit's never yeah. worn a full-on black jersey before then. Like, I'm the type of person that I go on Madden, and if I'm feeling kind of froggy, if I'm feeling kind of frisky, I'll go in and change the jersey settings to those black uniforms because I still like those <laughs> uniforms. Absolutely. It's Friday night. Do you think I'm wearing the traditional home whites? Come on now. No chance. Um, also, I think even though the, the team stunk that, if they brought those back, people would go crazy over them, especially in today's era where it is more like, let's get cooler jerseys, let's get more alternates, right? All these different things. Those blacks would have the world on fire if the Lions announced them for a game this year. They'd be they'd sell a million of them. Oh, absolutely. I, I truly believe they would because, again, as much as those uniforms kind of have a negative stigma with them because of one t- when they were being used, they're still really good looking jerseys like they just work for detroit they work for the lions they work for our uniform overall as a design element it's just a great looking uniform which kind of flip it on our let's kind of flip it on the side here for a second if you could get rid of one current lions uniform which one would you get rid of fool that is a tough question um i love all of them that's kind of the one nice thing that's been a constant about the lines. I always like the jerseys. They're always clean. I think the home blues are nice. Um, I think the road all whites, very nice. Uh, I think the silvers, I like those a lot. The all silver, big fan. And I think my favorite might be the Thanksgiving Day jerseys. Something about just the traditionalness and the plainness of it, 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 it hits me right every time. And it's Thanksgiving and there's turkey, and the leaves are changing color. Like, it always, that one plays, too. So, I don't, it's like killing your, it's like killing a kid here. I can't pick, I, I, can't. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if I had to, if I had to, my head. One. yeah, gun to my head, yeah, I would probably go, get rid of the whites. <laughs> well, see, this is actually going to surprise you. If I had to choose one, I would choose the all grays. I like the all grays. I like I like them. I really like those jerseys. But I like the all whites for one simple reason. And here's the reason why. Because I would have agreed with you until I saw this concept design that I saw from somebody else. Somebody posted a picture, had Jared Goff in it. But what they had done is they kept the all white jersey, all white pants, everything. But what they did is they took out the gray color of the helmet and they made it white. And it just popped. It was like it was like a whole white jersey. 
white helmet, white pants, white shirt. It still had, it still had, I think, the gray face mask. It might have had a white face mask. I don't remember. But I was like, man, that really pops. Like, you've literally got all white. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, and I'm like, that looks pretty clean. That looks pretty fresh. And then I'm looking at the gray uniforms, and I'm like, those look really good, too. But it's like, gray, it, I'm sorry, gray is like a very neutral, basic color. It doesn't necessarily excite or offend anybody. So it's like, if I had to get rid of one, I would choose the all grays because some people I know don't like them because it's a very basic uniform. really doesn't do anything to inspire people. But I'm like you, I like the blues. I like the whites. I do like the Thanksgiving uniform because there's history and there's tradition. But if I had to get rid of one jersey element or one jersey design, I would get rid of the all grays or that all color rush gray. That's the one I would yeah. get rid of. That's the, so, see, I love those. I love those things. I don't know what it is. Oh. I think this. I think the the helmet being a different shade of silver and being shiny, and then the jersey being all gray, a little darker. Something about that, I think, is what I really like. I'm not sure. I just I think they're clean to look at. I agree. I mean, like I said, I don't have a specific Detroit Lions uniform that I don't like. I like most yeah. of them, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, there's not been a single design yet that has bothered me enough by uniforms let's talk about something else here really quickly so talking about jerseys has now inspired me to talk about another topic here so we talked last week about if you could bring back any retired detroit lions player to play on the current roster who would it be except for barry sanders and megatron now let's talk about modern day element here if there was a current player in the nfl that you could bring in for the lions who would it be? Who would you be wanting to come in to play for the Lions? Any position? Oh, I think it's got to be Patrick Mahomes, and I think that might be a cop-out answer. We might need to make the rules you can't pick Patrick Mahomes because I don't know how. <laughs> Imagine he's the QB. Imagine he's the QB this year. We'd be What would we be talking about? We'd be saying, we're going to the playoffs. What What do you mean? Is that we're making the playoffs? We're going to the playoffs. Are we going to win the NFC North? Pat Mahomes, we've talked so much, you and I, about the wide receiver. We know we, we've talked about the offensive line. We've talked about DeAndre Swift. The defense will be better. Patrick Mahomes, now gets to play quarterback. I think we'd score 70 points a game. We'd be, we, we'd be an unstoppable force to the nth degree, Dave. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean... If you had a player like like Patrick Mahomes on any on any team, like you would, you definitely would have a um, you definitely would have a new element to the team that would literally give this offense a just an element that would be hard to stop, in my opinion. But for me, it's like I take a look at our current roster, and as far as I'm concerned, I would just be like, listen, I would want something else here, like again. Some people are not going to be about Jared Goff. Fine, that's whatever. But if I'm looking at the team in general, I, well, he is my boy, but at the same time, I'm trying to be a little bit objective here. If I'm talking about a position of need that I would want to bring in a really, really good player, i probably bring in probably one of the best linebackers in the league. That would be my answer because, again, our, my <laughs> the linebackers for the Lions, they just don't inspire fear. They don't inspire any sort of tenacity, really. 
They don't inspire running backs or tight ends or wide receivers coming over the middle to get fearful. It's like, it's like, dude, it's like, that's something that just does not inspire me. And I don't like that about the Lions. This is the black and blue division. You're going to get hurt if you play us. You're going to get injured. You're going to be wishing you to stay at home and had Campbell's chicken noodle soup rather than coming to play Campbell's Lions. They're going to get that so, Campbell's chicken noodle soup either. What? Gonna- absolutely. So for, so for me, if I had to choose a linebacker that I would bring in, I mean, I would probably, if I had to choose one, I'd probably bring in Darius Leonard from the Indianapolis Colts. Like, he's one of the best linebackers. He's still pretty young. He would instantaneously make our linebacking core a force to be reckoned with. I mean, yes, he's one dude, but he would bring a lot more legitimacy to that linebacking core, in my opinion, because I like Malcolm Rodriguez. I like Derek Barnes. I just don't like Alex Anzalone. I can't get excited about him. It's just like, Oh, Alex Anzalone, who are you? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're something. So, He's, I mean, again, we can go back and forth. There's so many guys we'd like to bring in. There's so many guys we could just, like, fantasize about bringing into the team. Pat Mahomes for you. I mean, if I wasn't going to bring in a linebacker, I might bring in maybe a um, a running back. I might bring in either Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. I might bring in Derrick Henry. Could you imagine having those two back there running behind our offensive line? My God. Derrick Henry behind our O-line. It'd be like he was back at Alabama, I swear. <laughs> we, we would never have to throw the ball. Golf could get away throwing like maybe 10 times a game. It'd be like Bob Greasy back with the 72 Dolphins. Literally, eh, Bob, we only need you to throw it 10 times today. You can just hand it off to Larry Zonka the whole day. Oh boy, shout out Bob. Shout out Larry Zonka. I that name, that's the coolest name I've ever heard, I think. Larry Zonka is a great name for a running back. It's a great name. So <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, that's a good one. Uh, again, I'm a golf fan. So even though I I'm not as hyped about that when I can understand it, for me, Darius Leonard, I I'll I'll take the linebacker. That's who I'll take. And if I'm not, I can't have him, I'll take Derek Henry or Johnson Taylor. That's who I'll take. Various oh boy, menace out there. They didn't he? He's the he leads the NFL in tackles like every year. It feels like right. I know he's pretty just close. Savage. Like he he's just a force to be reckoned with. And I think those. Oh, he's a, I I love a good pass rusher. I really love a good pass rusher. But I think my favorite type of defensive player in uh, football, just a do it all middle linebacker, a guy who's it feel it feels like he makes every single tackle every single game. Unbelievable to watch those guys. I would love it. I would love it, Darius Leonard. Oh, I would too. I would Mahomes. too. But <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe the football gods align that maybe Darius Leonard gets cut or something, or Derrick Henry becomes available or something. Who knows? But well, speaking of fed up in KC and, and demand a trade to Detroit one of these days, says I got. I've done it in Kansas City. I got to go win. If I want to be the greatest, I got to go win one in Detroit. Give me out. <laughs> well, Jared Goff will get that chance first. We'll see. But speaking well, of current yeah. players, for, current players, for players. players. <laughs> yeah, let's see. <laughs> to the wheels, Goff. To the wheels, fall Goff. We'll go there. Anyway, let's talk about a current situation going on with the Lions for a former player. We're going to talk about the fact that the Lions have signed 
former OSU Ohio State quarterback JT Barrett to be an offensive assistant for the Lions. So my question for you is, what do you make of this uh, staffing signing? And that's a, that's a really weird, weird way to put it, but what do you make of the signing for the Detroit Lions staff? <laughs> Alliteration. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously I know JT Barrett from his days at Ohio State. Um, I'm familiar with that 2015 Michigan State team going into the shoe <laughs> and taking his lunch money. I'm familiar with that. Um, I don't know what he's going to do as far as, you know, being a coach. It doesn't seem like the role offensive analyst doesn't seem or assistant offensive analyst doesn't seem like he'll be, you know, super hands-on and involved, uh, which is, again, either way. I think it's cool to have him around, though. I think it's cool having guys who you know who they are. I think it's cool that he was so successful at Ohio State. Didn't work out in the pros. Sorry, sorry, JT. Um, Let's just be entirely honest. Name one Ohio State quarterback that's ever amounted to a bucket of warm spit in the NFL. Yeah, they've been bad, but I still don't know if I buy that narrative. I don't know. Those guys, like those guys, you watch Ohio State. There's a reason Ohio State's good every year. Those guys are sweet. I think Justin Fields, by the way, I think Justin Fields will be a good player. I do. I I, I know we've talked about this before, <laughs> but, like, I hate how he's on the Bears because I, I really like Justin. Like, I, But I don't know. It's good to have JT. <laughs> I, I'll just look at it this way. I mean, you're an offensive assistant. You're not, like, a position coach. You're not an offensive coordinator. It's not like you're a senior assistant. You're an offensive assistant. So at most, he's going to probably help with some of the minutiae, probably some of the cogs and wheels of certain things. He might be able to offer some perspective and some extra help with the quarterbacks. Because, I mean, for crying out loud, the Lions have a lot of former quarterbacks on their staff. They've got Mark Brunel. That was a former pro quarterback. They've got uh, Ben Johnson, who was a quarterback in college. Their tight end coach now was a former quarterback in college. JT Barrett a former pro quarterback that really didn't do much, but was also a successful Ohio State quarterback. So it's like they've got a lot of quarterbacks on their coaching staff that can offer different perspectives, different ways to handle stuff, can kind of help Jared Goff out, help out Tim Boyle, David Blau, those kinds of things. But I I really don't think too much of the signing because it's like, you know what? It's an offensive assistant. It's like he's going to be like, probably going and getting Ben Johnson's coffee in the morning when Ben Johnson's holding meetings. Like, Hey Barrett, can you go get me a double latte or something? It's like, it's like, I'm not, I'm not too worried about JT Barrett. Yeah. I think that's a good point you make though, about them stockpiling QBs. That's kind of cool. I didn't even really never thought of it. Um, But I love that because yeah, you know, maybe JT's not going to be super injured golf here all the time, but the quarterback knows like what everybody's supposed to do. Cause when they're playing, like you're responsible for everyone. So they could, they're not the offensive line coach. They have an idea of what the offensive line's supposed to look like. They're not a wide receivers coach, but they know what that route's supposed to look like. So I like that. It's kind of a, uh, their responsibility and their scope when they played is the entire field. Not just what do they do? What's everybody doing on every single play in the playbook? I think that's good to have around. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, again, it's nice to have another person who understands that perspective. It's nice to have somebody else that can appreciate the position that the quarterback is in. But, I mean, 
I kind of bring this topic up because I remember I got into a conversation with somebody and <laughs> this is going to make you laugh. Even for you, this is going to really make you laugh. This guy wanted to argue with me about how he thought that the Lions bringing in JT Barrett was a signal that the Lions are getting ready to potentially draft a quarterback that is similar to JT Barrett's like skill sets from when he was in college and in, in the NFL. And I'm just like, whoa, that is a real, real stretch there. It's like um, JT Barrett is like just barely brand new to the team and he's an assistant to the offense. It's not like he's going to be molding a new quarterback in his image. It's like, Rrr. it's like, I don't know about Tamlin. Conspiracy of the uphold's levels. Quarterback conspiracy. Yeah. Someone just thunk, thunk that up. It's kind of funny because he makes some sense. Makes a little bit of sense. They're just bringing on more QBs. I just don't know or, or, or why would someone be looking for a JT Barrett in the draft, right? I don't know. I wouldn't look for a JT Barrett if he was the last quarterback on this planet. And if the Lions do take a QB in this draft, it's more likely going to be because they have one of those high picks and it's more likely going to be because they know, all right, it's CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. There's not a whole lot. The only, We're not doing I expect the Lions will take a quarterback. I expect the Lions will take a quarterback this year. I fully do. The question is going to be where they take the quarterback at. If Jared Goff balls out, he has himself a good year, they probably will take a quarterback late third, fourth, fifth round. If Jared Goff doesn't do so well, then yeah, they're probably going to use a high second or first round pick on a quarterback. It's really going to depend on how Jared Goff does. So again, as a lot of people have said, this is Jared Goff's make or break year. If he makes it, then he's got himself potentially a long-term future with the Lions. If he doesn't, then unfortunately, as much as I like Jared Goff, he might be finding himself out of a job in another year. As much as I hate to say it, say it's crazy. It's crazy to think that Jared Goff's performance, not only like, obviously it's responsible for what happens to him next year, but the trajectory of the lions, because if he plays well, they're going to win. If he doesn't play well, they'll lose some games. And the trajectory of the Detroit lions changes based on this one year. It's crazy. That's like a, a contract year on steroids. I have said it before. I will say it again. 2022 for the Detroit Lions is a huge pivot year because think about it this way. If Jared Goff plays super, super well, you've got your quarterback lined up for several years to come because Jared Goff's only 27 years old. The quarterbacks are playing into their late 30s and 40s now. So now you've got an experienced passer you can have around in that backfield for years and years to come. You continue to build the team around him get more pieces and now you're set that way if the opposite holds true then all of a sudden you're kind of putting a reset uh, you're kind of resetting the clock back a year or two because now you have to bring in a new quarterback he's probably going to sit behind Jared Goff learn the system before they put him in so now in essence you've put your team back another year by resetting the clock getting it ready for that next quarterback so this is a huge pivot year for the Lions this is a huge transition year this will be the year that sets their trajectory up or puts them back another year or two. It really just kind of depends on how well Jared Goff plays. That's kind of like why Jared Goff has said, and Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell have said it, we're putting all of our stuff in to give him the best chance to succeed because I think they realize that as well. Yeah. Um, would you, I have a hypothetical, because I think the Lions' ideal situation is 
Jared Goff plays well. They tra- they take a QB, whatever, late first, second round, and then he can sit for one, two, three, whatever, however many years, and just figure it out while Goff plays his contract out. I think that's their ideal scenario. But let's say Jared Goff does not play well, but the Lions don't finish bad enough to have like a top three pick. What if we're sitting at like seven overall? Would you want to trade up and guarantee you get one of those two stud QBs coming out? Or would you be happy sitting with whoever falls to you at seven? Well, the problem is, is that I look at the quarterbacks for next draft and I look at guys like CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Spencer Rattler. You've also got uh, Will Levis out of Kentucky. You've also got that other dude, I think, that's out of USC, Slavis, or whatever the thunder his name is. And that, yeah, and those are kind of your best options. And here's the thing. We just said it with JT Barrett. I will never, ever advocate drafting for an Ohio State quarterback. I just simply won't. Ohio State quarterbacks are system quarterbacks. They have never done good in the NFL. I don't care. The history has proven it. Not one single Ohio State quarterback has ever done anything in the NFL. Alabama? They have, but back when Joe Namath and Bart Starr were playing, which was in the 50s and the 60s. So I'm out on C.J. Stratt. I'm out on C.J. Young. And you get what I'm saying. I'm out on both of those guys. You're the only on guy, I'm, I'm out on both Young and Stroud. I'm out on both of them. I want nothing to do with them because until somebody proves them, proves that programming wrong, I don't want to take a chance because, again, I've proved this before in several other comments and and, and shows. It's a 34% chance success rate for quarterback drafting in the first round. If you do, if you look at all quarterbacks drafted from 1990 to like 2016, 2017, because anything earlier than that, you're not giving the quarterback a fair shot. You've only got like 34% of quarterbacks that even had a career that was worth talking about. It's even smaller if you're talking about quarterbacks that actually like won Super Bowls, won awards, anything like that. So for me, it's like, okay, Alabama quarterbacks have not had any success in a long time. Matt Jones is by far the most successful quarterback that Alabama has produced in the last 50 years. You take a look at Ohio State. They haven't produced a single quarterback that's amounted to anything. And Joe Burrow doesn't count. Don't anybody try to say he does. So... For me, it's like I can't even get excited about an Ohio State or Alabama quarterback. So for me, who's the next option that I'm really interested in potentially looking at? you got Spencer Rattler, who lost his starting job to a true freshman in Oklahoma State. Or not Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. And he then went to South Carolina. And then you've got, you've got Slavis or you've got Will Levis. If I'm taking a look at those two options, my the one I'm really going to pay more attention to is the guy out of Kentucky and in Levis because he's big bodied. He's got a big arm. He looks the part of a quarterback, but that's pretty much the only guy I'm really looking at for the next draft for maybe someone the Lions might go after. So that's why I'm saying if it's for me, I want Jared Goff to do well because I don't really like the options in this upcoming draft either. Yeah, they've got more talent, but the pedigree is simply not something I want. I don't like Alabama. I don't like Ohio State. And that's simply the, that's simply the short nut. I just don't like their programs for developing quarterbacks. They have not done very well at doing it. That Will Levis, he's from Penn State, right? He just transferred, you know? Uh, he. I don't know where he's from. I do know he plays for Kentucky, though. He's the oddball quarterback to put yeah. mayonnaise in his coffee. Oh, my God. That can't be real. 
It is real. He he posted it. No. No. He puts me Will, what, he puts me in his coffee. What are you doing? Why? I don't prank. I himself? don't know. Did he lose the to himself? What is he thinking? <laughs> who who I don't. God's name puts mayonnaise in your coffee? What? Dude? Apparently Will Levis does. Him and him and Dan Campbell would have some conversations. Dan Campbell <laughs> would be outraged at that. And that's Dan Campbell. Uh, Bang I'm sure. What is I'm sure it's like? Is it like he's trying to make like ice cream coffee? Except it's just mayonnaise? Like what, dude? Oh, I have no idea. Let's move into our next topic. I'm out on him. I'm out on him after <laughs> that. Because that's that's better beyond me. I know. That's that's a really weird that's a really weird flavor palette to have, but whatever, whatever floats your boat. So, okay, here, let's talk about the Lions training camp since it is coming up here relatively shortly. If you, if you are looking at the Lions roster, what Lions players do you feel really need to have a strong training camp going into this season? Whether it is to stay on the roster, whether it is to prove something, what Lions player do you really think needs to have a, a really good training camp? Which ones? Um, so I think the ones that need to are certainly we've we've spoken about a lot those guys in the wide receiver group, um, and I think if you're an offensive lineman who isn't one of the main guys, one of the starting five, you're probably it's a little tougher to make that rotation. Um, but I think the players that or the player that I would like to to have the best training camp, not that they need it necessarily. But I would really enjoy seeing it and reading about it. It's Jeff Okuda. I would thoroughly enjoy hearing that he's just balling out. I would love, it's just like college. It's Ohio State Hefe out there. Free that man. This Achilles injury, it actually made him faster. You believe that shit? No, I, I've, seen, I've seen the videos. Like, he looks faster I mean, did you see that one video where he has a 60-pound plate strapped across his chest and he's doing like 29, 30-inch verticals with a 60-pound plate on him? like a beast, yeah. He looks like he should be a machine. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, here's the thing. Jeff Okuda is coming on a mission because, dude, the only other player that's gotten as much flack on the Detroit Lions besides Jeff Okuda has got to be Jerry. But Jeff Okuda's gotten it practically since he was drafted. They're like, what are you doing drafting a quarterback that high? And then... The injuries have plagued him, and now there's all this talk about him being a bust. It's like, dude, he has literally gotten just flat ever since he was drafted. I really want him to do well because it will just shut the haters up. It's like, dude, this kid has gone through a lot of adversity. He's had a lot of things not go his way, some tough breaks. It's like, dude, and the kid just keeps coming back for more. He keeps getting better. It's like, I really want Jeff Kuda to have a strong training camp and a strong year. And if not Jeff Okuda, the other guy that's really got to have a strong training camp is Jared Goff. Because like you just said a couple of minutes ago, the trajectory of the Lions, the outcome of the season, a lot of things depend on how well Jared Goff plays. So if Jared Goff has a strong training camp, strong preseason, I think that we can expect a good season from the Lions in general. Um, another, another guy that I really want to see have a strong training camp, even though I already feel pretty good about him, Aiden Hutchinson. I think Aiden Hutchinson has a strong training camp. We could have ourselves a uh, a double digit sack master in Aiden Hutchinson. I really do. Yeah, I would like to see Aiden Hutchinson. I expect it though. Um, I, I think he'll be a beast. 
And I don't, I don't know. I don't want to pay too much attention to him because we know how things like this go. You don't read about Aiden Hutchinson or what you do read may not be, oh, he's, you know, he's taking his time to learn. And then everyone, oh, we, we messed up. We took the, we, we, we got a bust. Aiden Hutchinson's not that guy. And that stuff bothers me about rookies. Okuda, he's kind of been in the frying pan for a little bit lately. It's his third year, right? Yes. This is third year because. Ready for a bounce back. Like, let's talk about Jeff. Let's talk about how great he looks. This guy could keep up with a, a gazelle if he had to. It's Ohio State FA. I'd like that. I was about to say, I think. I think if we're talking about two guys that really need to have a strong training camp just for like big chips on their shoulder, it's Jared Goff and Jeff Okuda. But if we're talking about guys that need to have a good training camp just to actually have a shot at making the team, I think to your point, yeah, there's some linemen that need to have that. Um, Eze, who's the uh, outside tackle, needs to have a good one. I think uh, Kevin Jarvis from um, from MSU, your our hometown, yeah. Ringo White, he needs to have a good one. I also think um, some defensive linemen also need to have some good training camps because our defensive line actually has a pretty deep rotation to it. And if you're going to want to stay on that roster, you're going to have to play well because we have ourselves a pretty stacked defensive line as well. So we'll just have to see. I think tight end can also be put in there too because I think we have, what, like seven, eight, nine tight ends on the roster. So yeah. it's like there's a, lot of, there's a lot of opportunity to be held here. But with that, let's get also into our last topic. And this one's definitely looking way, 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 way beyond the scope of right now. But, okay, let's just play the hypothetical. I, I'm, I'm going to put this as a, if A happens during the season, what is then the corresponding B? So let's put it this way. Let's say the Lions don't do well. Let's say... They don't win even six games or something. What is then the corresponding B move? What What do you think then happens? Because I've been hearing a lot of weird stuff from players. And, well, not players. I've been hearing it from fans. I've been hearing it from other people. Like, I heard somebody say, if the Lions don't even win six games, like, they want Dan Campbell to be fired. And I'm like, whoa. Like, Dan Campbell fired? It's like, dude, he's only been a coach for one year. Like, call him down, folks. So I'll ask you that first part, and then we'll go to the opposite end in a second. But if we don't win even six games, what do you think is the corresponding move? That's an obscene thing to say. They're not firing Dan Campbell. If they don't win six games, they're drafting a quarterback. They're, I think it's time, Jared. Sorry, pal. I hate to bring it right back to him like this. But I think that's <laughs> if you get rid of Holmes or if you get rid of Dan Campbell, that's crazy of you. They haven't even begun to start. Like, that's crazy of you. And they've done everything up until right now, up until today, the moment these words are leaving my mouth, they've both been great. You can't, what, four months from now, five no months from now, suddenly be like, get rid of them? That's way too soon. It's going to be something within the team, like the Q like maybe a QB change. Um, I don't know. Maybe if they go out in free agency next offseason and make some splash signings. Maybe something like that. I don't know. But if they win fewer than I mean, six, I think there will be a stark change. Well, I agree. I mean, it also depends on the players. It depends on who's not actually performing. I mean, as, as I'll say this. Jared Goff could still have a really good year and the team struggle because we have seen that from quarterbacks. There have been quarterbacks that played really, really well, but the team around them just didn't do well. I mean, Matthew Stafford did for 12 years here in Detroit. He played well a lot of years, but the team just couldn't win. 
So it depends on what's the cause, what's actually failing the team from winning. So there's that to look in that whole aspect. But I agree with you. It's like, dude, these guys are only two years into the regime. It's like, if you're talking about firing them already, it's like, dude, you either have no faith in the Lions or you're just a negative Nancy Debbie Downer that just wants to throw a wet blanket on the party. And it's like, I ain't got time for that. The thing that's different on the Lions now Sorry, I, I was going to just say the thing that's different now compared to Stafford is those teams, Stafford, Megatron as well, but like Stafford, the quarterback position was the best position on the team. Now there's the offensive line, the wide receivers, the running backs, like everything else, the tight ends, everything else on the offense is going to, should be played at a high level. The defense got better. Like it isn't so well, now we're viewing like the way we view it. What you're in essence saying is when Stafford was here, we very seldom have ever had a complete team. With golf, we have a much more complete team. It's not like, okay, it's Stafford and everybody else. It's now you've got golf, you've got Hawkinson, you've got Shark, you've got Swift, you've got Hutchinson, you've got Akuda, you've got Amoria, you've got all these other pieces that are part of the team rather than Stafford just trying to play Miracle Man every Sunday. Right. But Okay, let's look at the opposite end of the spectrum here. Let's say the Lions do win 10, 11 games. They go to the playoffs. They win a playoff game. And all of a sudden, now it's like complete reversal. The Lions are actually considered a really, really good team. What's the corresponding B move then? That's also kind of interesting to think about. Um, I think it's kind of what you mentioned. They, they're, riding, they're riding with golf. They're riding with what they got. They're like, that That just went well. Don't, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. I think they probably add a couple more signings. Who knows? Maybe they make a trade at some point if there's, you know, a position of need. They still, they really want that Darius Leonard type player, something like that. They trade for another pass rusher. Who knows? Maybe they get to that point where, or decide year three, we flip the switch where we, let's win. Let's just, let's start being a good team every year. Maybe that happens. They go full thrusters, thrusters, thrusters ahead. I mean, I'll say this. If they win 10, 11 games, they go to the playoffs, they win a game, or even if they don't win playoff game, let's just say they go to the playoffs, two years removed from a full-scale rebuild. Yeah. Like, that's impressive. It's then like, okay, you've now got two draft picks, two first-round draft picks. They're probably, if you go to the playoffs, you got the Rams picked there, you're probably going to be picking – from 16 on back. So it's like, okay, from 16 on back, you can give two really good quality players in the first round. Or or what you could do is you could say, okay, screw that thought logic. Let's trade up and get a dog in the first round, like a top linebacker, a top, a top safety or something else. Or you could say, hey, let's start making some calls around the league and let's get one of the best players in the league for a position of need, whether it's getting that that dog at running back, getting that dog at linebacker that we really could use. I think... <laughs> I hear you doing the dog sounds. That's funny. I mean, you just, there's so many options if you actually do well because now those two first-round draft picks, you can use them to either draft two players or you can combine them to go and get one really, really special player, whether it's in the draft or if it's out there on the market. I think winning affords you more opportunities going forward is in essence what I'm getting. I would prefer us yeah. to win. I think every Lions fan would prefer us to win. 
if you're winning, it means it's time to flex all of your muscles and do whatever you can to make the team as best as possible, which it's crazy when you mentioned that, like, uh, if they go and if they win a playoff game this year, that would be the best season they've had in 30 years. Since 1991. That was the last season we won a playoff game, which was before I was even born. It's crazy that we're having these debates. And if they go do that, this is the best Lions team that's been around in my lifetime. And we're having these debates. Exactly. That'd wild. That'd be wild. Uh-huh. I totally agree. I, I, I'm telling you, this season, fasten your seatbelts. And as Tara Owens says, get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a lot of fun. But... With that, we are now at 40 minutes. We have had a lot of fun with this discussion here. So with that, folks, we're going to call it an end for Pride or Die this week, but we will be back next week. We will have more exclusive coverage. But with that, until then, this has been Nick Bradley and David Lyons Insider. Pride or Die, people. Oh, 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 oh. Man, on a mission, I'm a kid, and you know I be on a way.